0: Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week we catch up with All Blacks Graham Henry and Mills Muliaina as the veteran fullback prepares to mark his 100th test in the black jersey in this weekend's Rugby World Cup quarterfinals. We pick the brain of England prop Dan Cole as he gears up for England's quarterfinal against old foes France. We chew the fat with the New Zealand Breakers basketball coach Andre Lamanis as they get set to tip off their ANBL title defence. We chat to the New Zealand men's hockey stall with Dean Cousins as the Black Sticks do battle with Australia in the ocean. Cup, And we talk to the Wellington Phoenix captain Andrew Durante ahead of their opening match of the new A-League season. Mills Mulyaina will become only the second All-Black to play 100 tests when he runs out onto Eden Park for the Rugby World's Cup quarterfinal against Argentina in Auckland. Captain Richie McCaw reached the milestone in the win over France in Auckland, and Mulyaina gets the start because the man who's poised to monopolise the number 15 jersey, Israel Dag, is recovering from a thigh injury. Mulyaina made his debut in 2003 from the bench against England, captaining the team in three tests in 2009 and scoring 34 tries. Head coach Graham Henry has known Mulyaina since he moved north to Auckland's Calston Boys High School, where Henry had been principal before becoming a full-time coach. I know there's a lot of stories around that I got him to, got him to uh, Auckland from
1: Invercargill. Unseen really, just on what reputation people had told me about him. And uh, then I proceeded to leave the place I was at to coach rugby full-time, so I didn't actually see him play first 15 football. But obviously he had a lot of talent.
0: Graham Henry and other coaches have been tapping that talent ever since.
1: He's always had a lot of ability. I can remember coaching him or being involved in the coaching. In 2003, when he played for Auckland and, and the Blues, and those teams won those championships. And he played both at 13 and 15, and he was a key <coughs> member of the team then. And that's when he first became an all Black. And uh, he's played some outstanding football since
0: Graham Henry. Mills Mulyaina says he's privileged and honoured to join skipper Richie McCaw as only the second All Black to play 100 tests.
2: You know, Every time we go out there it's special and I think no more so than the last couple of weeks really when I haven't you know, been out there and the realisation of how special it is has sort of sunk in a little bit, a bit more because I've only played one game so it is a lot of test matches but you know, it's something that I've been really uh, honoured to be able to do and Looking forward to getting out there and getting
0: some more game time. And Aina says he wasn't too nervous about being left stranded on 99 tests.
2: I sort of knew that I was going to get an opportunity last week and obviously when the boys were playing pretty well it's pretty hard to, to get yourself back out there and sometimes no matter how, how hard you train and whatnot you, you don't get to, an opportunity because the boys are going so well. So I suppose you're a little bit nervous but I get an opportunity now and you know, thankfully I'm going to get out there and uh, make sure I do my job well.
0: That's the all-black fullback Mills Muliaina, who's going to Japan at the end of the season. The English have made their intentions clear for Saturday's Rugby World Cup quarter-final against France at Eden Park. Martin Johnson's named five forwards on the bench and two kickers, with Johnny Wilkinson at ten and Toby Flood at twelve. So England intend to smash the French up front and play percentage forward-based rugby. No surprises there, perhaps. Fittingly, Richard Wayne cornered England prop Dan Cole ahead of the big match at the team's Auckland hotel. Has Martin spoken
3: about cutting out the penalties, especially you know in your own half? We always thought about cutting out penalties. You know, you never want to give away a penalty in a game. Ideally, you give away nothing. So, you know, from the first game to the last game, we've talked about sort of the penalties and cutting them out because you know we get teams with good kickers. You know, they can kick points, especially in their own half. You know, Yashvili will be the same this weekend. If we give them anything, I'm sure he'll kick it. You know, even you know, but you know in the attack as well. When you're in their half of the field, you know, if you're on the attack, you give away a penalty, you can soon be your own end. You don't want that. You, you guys were starting off giving away a lot early in the tournament and you seem to have cleaned that up a little bit, would you say? I think so. You know, I think we definitely worked hard, yeah. You know, in the first sort of game I think we gave away sort of 12, 13 defensive penalties, in the last game we gave away three, but you know, at the same time we gave away penalties to different area, you know, moved to the set piece which is previously been clean and we don't want to do that. So sometime soon we might not give away any penalties.
4: France are bound to lift but
5: you guys have got plenty of room to improvement, so it should be a good game when I mean, what are you what are you picking where's it gonna be one?
3: Oh, well, you know, it starts up front. And, you know, we like to think it starts and finishes in the forward pack, as the French do. So, games like this, the tighter they are, the more sort of, the closer individuals to the scrum set piece, everything else becomes even more important in the game. You know, as does in the back lines as well. But, you know, as a forward member, we think it starts up front.
0: The England prop, Dan Cole. The reigning champion New Zealand Breakers start the defence of their Australian National Basketball League title with a tough double header away from home and without last year's shooting star Kirk Penny. This weekend they're playing the bookies' second favourites, the Blaze on the Gold Coast, then the Hawks in Wollongong, but coach Andre Lamanis told Murray Williams they don't mind starting on the road.
6: you got to play 14 games at home, 14 away, so you got to play the games when and where the schedule, so that's, that's not a big deal for us, and I think it's... um a good time to continue to build on like the chemistry and synergy of the group, get away together. And We've only had a short period of time together so far, so the ability to spend a little bit extra time can only benefit us, I think, and that's one of those things we've spoken about a lot as a team is we're not defending anything whilst everyone would refer to us as defending champions. This is a new group with a new identity. Last year's championship is written in the history books. No one can take that away from the club. This team, we don't have anything to lose. We've got something to go out and win. So and that is certainly how we will be approaching the season.
4: Now, no Kirk Penny, no Paul Henare. Obviously, they leave big holes, but the guys that you've recruited to replace them, and, and how's that been looking?
6: Yeah, it's, I think it's an exciting time for um, some of those younger guys who've been chomping at the bit to uh, get some more opportunities. So for those guys now to step up and take, I guess, bigger roles within the group, and including leadership and those sorts of areas. Uh, exciting time for them, exciting time for the club. It's part of the evolution of, uh, of all teams is you've got to continue to bring the young guys through and pass on the mantle, so to speak. So uh, it will be a good season to see um, how all that plays out. And, you know, obviously we're uh, fitting in the new guys as well with uh, Cedric coming in as a new import and new league and Daryl coming over from the tags. um We've got a uh, little bit of work to do on just finding our synergies, but I think it's an exciting challenge for us. Tell
4: me a bit about Cedric Johnson, how he's fitted in, because this must be your seventh, eighth year with the, the team now. Some of the imports have slotted mm-hmm. in really well. Um, Kevin Braswell springs to mind last year. Some others have been less successful. How's he looking?
6: As all imports do, is, uh, he's finding his way into the group and uh, trying to understand how everybody plays and how best he can fit into that system. And also trying to get a feel for the league. That always takes a while uh, for imports to, uh, to get a feel for the way the league style goes and uh, how the referees call the game and all those sorts of things so that's all part of a, a continual evolution for him and we also as a, as a team are still trying to find out um, how best to utilize His balance. he's uh, certainly someone who passes the ball very well and can get in the lane and and uh, also put some points on the board so we just try to get that balance right of him running a team versus him trying to look for his own offensive opportunities and that's uh, part of the evolution of the, of the team and we'll continue to Involved in that area certainly over the next month, but I think that's a, a process that continues over the course of the season.
4: And Gary Wilkinson will be able to give him a bit of help with advice on that score, too, I guess.
6: Absolutely, and you know, you already see it uh, in Gary this year. You know, he's, he's in a much better place than he was at the start of last year because he, uh, he just understands the league a little better and understands his teammates and understands the players he's playing against as well. He's seen them before, so uh, all those sorts of things are, are an advantage for, for Gary.
4: And some of the guys didn't have a, a great uh, Olympic qualifying series against the uh, the Boomers. I saw you courtside there at one stage in one of the games. Um, Tom Abercrombie, for example, what are you expecting from him?
6: Well, yeah, I think Tom will have a great year with us. You know, he's continued to develop and flourish in our system over the last three years, and has got better every year. And, and he's one that uh, we'll certainly look to to, to step up and uh, continue to grow. So. Uh, yeah, I think he'll he'll do well and we'll contribute just as we expect all our players to come in and do their thing and contribute to the overall success of the group.
4: Where does he need to step up now that Kirk's gone? More of that three-point shooting that Kirk was so good at?
6: He just needs to do what he does well. You know, he's not going to be Kirk Penny. He's going to go and score in different ways. And certainly he has the ability to put pressure on the defense in many different ways. Because he can knock down a three, but he can certainly put the ball on the deck and get to the ring and get fouled. And, and As long as uh, he has that aggressive mindset at the offensive end, I think that's going to help the group. And It's, it's the same with all players. They just need to play with their strengths and fit that within the structure of the team. So it's uh, for the good of the group.
4: Last season, you guys kept getting lots and lots of ticks from people for the offensive end of the court and getting a bit of a, a biffing from time to time about the, defense, the defensive end, although I thought sometimes that was a bit unfair. Are you tightening up at that end? this year, do you think, or this season?
6: Again, we'll do what we do. We play how we play, certainly as a team. We've spoken about the importance of the defensive end and uh, I think sometimes people people can get confused with scores versus the speed of the game. Certainly the way we play, we tend to speed the game up and so there's more possessions. I think what you need to look at if you're assessing a team defensively is field goal percentage against and three-point percentage against and I guess ultimately wins and losses. And certainly uh, last year we were good in all three categories.
4: Indeed, was it 22-6? Yeah, that was a, a great yeah. season. And, and t- just a, a quick thing, the, the the Blaze and the Hawks, how have they recruited? What are they looking like compared to last year?
6: You know, the Gold Coast got back some of the, the guys they had injured last year, so um, they're looking pretty good. Um, they've had a couple of new imports to the Knicks who just come in and play hard, which certainly suits their style. They're very much uh, as they have been under Joey. They, they get out and run and they shoot the three and they're very aggressive on the offensive boards. So they're really the, the main challenges you face with the blaze. And Wollongong is, has got an established group. that has been together quite a while now and uh, obviously they, they play that similar style that they've played for the last couple of years and they move the ball well, pass it well. Again, good from the three-point line, good on the offensive boards and, and they try to do some things with
0: a defensive disruptor. The Breakers coach Andre Lemanus their first home game was on October the 28th at Auckland's Vector Arena and this is extra time a web only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport I'm Joe Porter after the trials and tribulations, the Wellington Phoenix have been through since the last A-League football season wound up in March. There's a huge sense of relief among the players. The new season has finally arrived. The Phoenix are away to Gold Coast United in their opening match, but will be without new midfielder Lucas Pantelis, who suffered a season-ending knee injury in a pre-season match, while striker Moran Pavlovich is out for two months with a broken arm. Skipper Andrew Durante told Stephen Hewson the much-publicized change of ownership that saw the club's founding owner Terry Sarah Pesos forced out because of financial difficulties has taken a toll, but he believes there's also been an upside.
2: The pre-season itself is long enough and then to throw in a change of ownership and, and everything that's gone with that is, has been difficult for the club and for the players, but you know, throughout it, the players have been brilliant. You know, we've we've come to training, kept our heads uh, down, and, and done what we've had to do. We haven't really got ourselves involved too much in, in all the media hype around what's come with new ownership. Um, so it's been good. It's been positive. It's probably brought us a little bit closer, and um, you know, hopefully it holds us in good stead for this season.
1: On top of that, too, you've had a, a few injuries, Lucas Pantelis and Werned Pavlovich. That's it yeah.
2: just tops it all off really, doesn't it? Yeah, it hasn't been ideal uh, to lose two players when uh, you know we, we only had. 17 players registered at the time, and then we lose two more. wasn't wasn't ideal, and you know I feel very sorry for Lucas. He's he's taken it quite hard, and uh, you know he'll be a big loss for us this season. And, and obviously Miriam he'll be back uh, in uh, maybe six to eight weeks. Um, we'll look to probably get an injury replacement to to fill that void. But um, yeah, I think if you look at the starting 11, that's going to take the field. Um, you know, is strong, is uh, a familiar 11, and uh, an 11 that has taken us to back-to-back semi. So um, you know, I don't think the supporters need to to fear too much about what's going on uh, at this football club at the moment. Steady was the word I think
1: Ricky used to describe it. Would you have liked to have maybe looked a wee bit stronger or be a wee bit more uh, expensive than than the lineup you might be able to feel? Yeah, I think yeah.
2: You know, every season you'd like to, you know, be that little bit better and that. Uh, you know, we've 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 got some new players. The club went through a difficult time, uh, you know, in the pre-season, so it made it probably a little bit more difficult than other clubs. Uh, other clubs probably had a little bit more stability and um, you know preparation into the final into the season. We haven't had that, but uh, we'll deal with it. You know, uh, like I said, it's probably brought us a lot closer. We realise we have to work that little bit harder, and um, yeah, we I think we're a good enough team on on paper at least to, to beat anyone. Have you noticed in the squad this week a sense that, that the season is finally here, that things might might finally be going your way a wee bit more? Yeah, exciting, I think, is is the main word everyone's uh, using. It's it's very exciting. We've had such a long off season, you know, six months without kicking a ball uh, you know, in a professional league is a very long time and so it's um oh, it's good that it's finally here. Um, you know, some cracker games to start the, the year off with with Sydney and Melbourne. Um, you know, it's gonna be exciting, I'm we'll gonna be watching that with obviously Harry Cule and, and Brett Emerton. Involved, so uh, look. That's we can't wait to get out there. You know, it's an away trip, it's, which gives us a chance to, you know, in the first game to get rid of this hoodoo of our away form, and, and hopefully we know that. Gold Coast, what do you expect from them because they've, they've recruited a, a bit in the off-season? Yeah, they're one of the clubs that have done a complete uh, turnover, so you just don't know. What you're going to get, especially with a coach like Miron Bloemberg as well, he, he could throw at any formation or play anyone anywhere. So probably a little bit a little bit hard to gauge, uh, you know, what they're going to do. So we've we've really concentrated on we, what we need to do, and um, yeah, we're going to give ourselves every chance to go out there and, and get our first victory on the road in the first game of the season.
1: Uh, I mean, I know you must probably sort of tired of the whole series or a piece or thing, but are, are you guys still out of pocket from from that? I mean, there was obviously times where, where salary was a
2: bit late. Are, are you is everyone paid up? Yeah, look, the, the new owners have come in, and um, you know they've been brilliant. They sat us down, and, and they've spoken to all of us about you know their future ideas and, and the financial situation of the club. And I think the the, the best thing is that financially we, there will be no problem with the football club anymore. And I think that's a big relief off everyone's shoulders. Um, you know, it was a tough time. You know, not just about payments, but uh, you know, will the club be around? Will the club move? And and that was tough on everyone. But uh, no, to have this stability now with this new this new consortium is a relief and a weight off everyone's shoulders. And now we just concentrate on football. And I just know that this club's in good hands, and, and there's a very bright future for this football club.
1: So you guys still owed money, though?
2: No, we're not owed money.
1: So. Was there a point where you thought that the Phoenix might not keep going?
2: Uh I always believed that it was a good enough brand, and that the FFA had, you know, high hopes for this football club. So I always believed that um, we were always going to be secure. Um, I didn't think it would move to Auckland, although it was well publicised that there was a chance of that. I think the, the brand itself is built here in Wellington, and and deserves to stay here in Wellington. And I think everyone's just, you know, really great that these, you know, seven uh, very wealthy, very intelligent uh, individuals have, have stepped in and and I guess rescued the club it, it's sad to see what happened to Terry no one wants to see anyone go through that and and he'll always have a fond place in in the hearts of supporters and and the place you know we still have a high respect for Terry and everything he's done at this football club and and I think that shouldn't be forgotten that um, you know he, he set this up and you know he he deserves that honor of um, you know being rewarded uh, being the first owner and creating this so um, well, that's in the past. Now we we look to the future, and it's blue skies ahead.
1: As captain, obviously you've become a, a, a bit of a front person for it all. What's it? Or what have you learnt from it? Have you? If is it uh, as a person? How have you found you've developed over over that time? Because presumably it's not something most football skippers have to have to go through. Yeah,
2: I won't lie. It's been draining. It's it's it has been really draining. Um, every time you pick up the paper, there's a new story about the club, and and then I've got to front the media and. And look, it's part and parcel. That's my job. I've, I've got to front the media. I speak on behalf of the players, and, and really, that's all I speak on behalf of. I, I can't really comment on financial circumstances of the football club, so I, I try to stay out of that. Um, but yeah, I've dealt with it, but there's no question it has been dra- draining a
0: bit on, on myself. The Wellington Phoenix captain, Andrew Durante. The New Zealand men's and women's hockey teams are currently squaring off against Australia in the three-test Oceania Cup series across the Tasman as they begin their journey towards next year's London Olympics. This year, two teams from Oceania receive automatic Olympic qualification and with just two teams at the Oceania Cup due to Fiji's withdrawal, the men's and women's blacksticks are already assured of a place at next year's London Games. While the women lost their opening game in Hobart, the men won their match 3-0, their first victory over Australia in 13 years. I caught up with veteran Blackstick Dean Cousins ahead of their second clash of the three-test series.
5: The intensity that we just brought to it, for me was probably one of the biggest parts of it. Like Australia, um, there's no secret about how they play. there. very physical, very intense, and they just um, try and put under pressure for as much as the game uh, as they can. And I think that uh, we matched them uh, in a lot of those stakes really well. So for me, that was pretty one of the biggest things. And then taking opportunities like um, scoring, um, creating more chances than what we probably have in the past was really important. And uh, our goalkeeper had a really good game too, which um, <laughs> makes a massive difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it was the first time you've beaten the Aussies in a little while, that's for sure.
5: Yeah, since 98, 99, I think it was uh, the final test of a uh, similar type of set-up here with three games. Um, so it's fantastic. It's the first, the, the whole squad that's away on this trip. It's the first win over Aussie, including myself, so <laughs> it's magic.
0: And tomorrow night or tomorrow evening in Australia, another clash with with a team that will be hurting after the loss and be pretty keen on, on gaining some revenge back. So where do you have to, I guess, step up for tomorrow's clash?
5: Yeah, we will. Like There's no doubt in my mind we'll have to play. He give be a lot better, again, if... Um, we want to win again. I think that um, Aussie, you know, they're, as people, they're really proud people um, and I'm sure they'll want to, um, in their minds, make <laughs> the right result. So, um, and they are number one team in the world. They have some great players that are a great team. So, um, yeah, no doubt that they will be out there, rearing to go and ready to get stuck in. But um, this gives us confidence too that, you know, if we do play well, if we do match their intensity and those types of things, that, um, that we're right in the game and take our chances. There's no reason why we can't win another one.
0: I guess over the last year or so, conversations I've had with Shane have have been about sometimes rebuilding or, I guess, developing the side in terms of losing a few senior players and not being able to take some to various tournaments due to other commitments. How do you feel the team's progressing now as a squad? Do you feel like you're moving in the right direction in terms of, I guess, that redevelopment or that restocking of the ladder?
5: Um, Yeah, I I do think we're moving in the right direction. There's no doubt doubt about that. I think that, um, for for me, a couple of the the biggest things are not so much around um, who's in the team or who's not but it's um, maybe having the consistency across that. So if we have the so-called strongest team and the so-called not-quite-strongest team, that you have the same elements coming through, whether it's things just like hard work or tactically our positioning. Um, to me, that's that's the most important thing that's starting to develop. Um, and then above that, the consistency of um, the players, regardless if they're senior or junior or what, whatever it may be, um, to me, that's... Uh, the things that is, are starting to develop, and that, and I think that is moving us in the right direction. If you put a wall behind that, I think sits the the consistency in training, the intensity that we can bring into training, and just the pure quality of our training. Um, it, to me, that's what's bringing through um, younger guys, if you like, and, and the older guys along with it.
0: I guess this series then really kicks off or kick starts what has probably been in place for a while now—the process towards next year's London Olympics. Obviously, uh, you're heading to those games, and a medal will realistically be the goal for you guys.
5: Yeah, well, it will, like, um, definitely will. Like uh, the last, um, the last Olympics, um, we set ourselves up a final pool game against Germany, and if we uh, were to win that, we would have been in the medal rounds. Like. Did't matter on any other results or anything like that. unfortunately we lost the game Germany went on to win the gold medal. so uh, Olympics are traditionally really really close um, close events you know it's goal difference here it's a point there it's a result there that um, is the difference between making those medal rounds. so we've got every belief that we can be there that um, that final step which while it seems like quite a small one you know one game against Germany is in fact sometimes quite a quite a big one. Well, I think we're getting there. I think um, playing three tests against the world's world's best is fantastic. We've got the champions trophy in NZ against the top teams again, and that's what we need. Those those top games against uh, the best nations around, you know, to test ourselves, to, you know, to show them that New Zealand's coming. Um, so I think um, we've got some nice build-up the rest of this year. Uh, keep training hard, working hard, and yep, the goal is definitely to to win a medal and make that final that final small
0: step. In the past, I guess the New Zealand side's strength has been in our physicality, our size and, and, and our strength and speed, I guess. Do you feel that our strengths still lie in that area or do you feel like we have perhaps um, shortened the gap between the other teams that perhaps run with a bit more passing fluidity and a bit more skills?
5: Oh, I think that, um, yep, I think yeah, you're right. Um, one of our strengths is our physicality and our strength. We have to kind of display that a little bit more. Sometimes we don't, um, but it is one of our strengths. I, I think that... Um, We have more and more players that are, you know, exposed uh, European leagues and and the likes that uh, are starting to have, you know, those skills that are that are really nice to watch if you like, Um, the skills, you know, the really important ones like goal scoring or uh, making the important tackles. So I think that we are starting to, you know, develop um, those key skills that uh, are important in every area of the field um, more and more with, like I said before, exposure to, to different leagues um, I think we do ha- still have a little way to go, um, just making sure that our that our basic skills are at a consistent level It's kind of what I was um, referring to before, like in our trainings and things like that we need to make sure that the consistency in our game is there so that's, you know, the next two tests if you like is really important for us too um, but I, I do think we are closing the gap on uh in our skill levels to the to the top teams the well, the big thing that does separate them often is the consistency of the execution of their skills so um i have got every every uh, confidence that uh that we're moving in the right direction but um uh, we need to keep improving.
0: Absolutely, and moving back to the Australia clashes, obviously, um, I guess they're a team that play a similar style. They probably have guys that are you know big, fast, strong. Do you feel like that's helping you develop when you're playing teams that have similar skills to you? Is that as beneficial as it is playing you know the Koreans or someone else?
5: Yeah, I think the most beneficial thing about playing Australia is the amount of pressure they try and put you under for, for the length of the game. You don't their game is based around just pressuring teams, uh, running hard. For as long as they can, so you just you don't get a mental rest, you don't get a physical rest. So to me, that's um, the biggest positive out of playing them is that you have to be on your game for the whole time. So if we can, you know, do that in these games and then carry that type of intensity in our game through to playing, you know, the likes of Korea or or whoever, then that would be you know a fantastic lesson for us to learn, if you like. Um, you, you do pick up different things from playing different nations. You know, when you play Korea, you may have to learn to deal with counter-attacks really, really well because that's their their strength. So playing different sides is always good. But yeah, to me, the the, the biggest positive out of playing Aussie is just the energy and intensity and concentration that you have to bring to your game to actually
0: match them. The Black Sticks defender Dean Cousins. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at RadioNZ.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now.
4: Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues